Good morning, church. I uh, wanted to uh, record this message as I am uh, currently in quarantine. Um, I was exposed to someone uh, with COVID-19 who tested positive for that. And so for the sake of our health, uh, for the church and everybody's physical health, I uh, am in quarantine right now waiting my test results um, to see if I've tested positive. So prayers for me and my family would be um, appreciated. But also, um, I think about, and I, I really do thank God for the opportunities that we have in this day and age with our um, with our technology that allows us to record these things. I think about the Apostle Paul, and I think about like when he was in prison and separated from his church, he would write letters, and it would take months to get there. And now we can actually have recordings so I can be able to share the message of the Word of God with you this morning. So I'm grateful that we can be here this morning together, uh, opening God's Word and uh, seeing what He has for us. And what we're going to be talking about today is something that has been really heavy on my heart over the last five months, something that's been a burden for me, something that I've grown immensely in, and that is the priority of prayer. The priority of prayer in our life is so, so important and so often neglected. It's one of these things that, that we need desperately to do, um, and yet we so often just let it go by the wayside, or we make it a last resort of maybe we should prayer. But here's the thing, is, is that prayer is hardwired into the human being. It's, it's hardwired into our souls. It, it bubbles up um, even when, when we don't expect it. It bubbles up when we're overwhelmed, and maybe you're not a praying person, maybe this is something that is new to you, um, that you don't talk to God on a regular basis, and yet what we find is that in times of trial, in times of uh, being overwhelmed, in times of joy, we find ourselves exclaiming and communicating with the God of the universe. And prayer is so hardwired into the human soul that even people who, who don't follow Jesus find themselves praying at times. In fact, there's been some new studies that have been coming out during COVID-19. And uh, one of them is done by uh, Pew Research. Uh, it's a research firm. And they have found that there are a bunch of people praying for the end of COVID-19. Uh, in fact, 82% of evangelicals, evangelicals, there we go, there's the word, 82% of evangelicals are praying for the end of COVID-19. But what's even more astounding is that 36% of people who have no religious affiliation are finding themselves praying. In fact, 15% of people who rarely or never pray are praying during this time. It's hardwired into us when we have these experiences there was a study done uh, during COVID-19 as well in Denmark, which is very post-Christian. And um, in Denmark, what they have found is that for every 80,000 new cases of COVID, for every 80,000 um, uh, that Google just erupts with word searches of prayer, in fact, for every 80,000 new positive cases of COVID-19, the word prayer doubles in Google searches. People are longing to reach out because we are overwhelmed or, or it's bigger than us and we can't control things. And so what we see is that people are reaching out to God Almighty. In fact, this is, this is even stuff that's nothing new. In fact, uh, in 2014, there was a study done that 55% of American adults pray daily. 55% of American adults pray daily. It is incredible that over half of the people in the U.S. of adults are praying daily. 
Now, there's a million things to pray for. There's a million things that we could pray for. And I would say, pray for all a million of them. Pray for all of those things that are on your heart and bring them to the Lord because God wants to hear us. But I would ask you, like, what do you pray for? What do you pray for? And how do you pray? You know, we talked, we, we spent all summer going through the book of Psalms, which is the prayer book of God's people to help direct and enrich our prayers. But what do you pray for and how do you pray? If you were to, if you were to put your prayer life on a scale of one to 10, where would you put yourself? And why would you put yourself there? Is it because you would rate yourself on intensity? Would you, on frequency, on depth, on length of time? What, what would you, where would you put yourself on a scale of one to 10 and why? And when was the last time you felt like you prayed for something and God answered? Think about that. Think about that long and hard. Like, what is something that you've prayed for and God answered? Maybe, he, maybe it was, keep my family safe, and God kept your family safe. Maybe it was, I pray for a good flight, and it was a good flight. Or I pray for a good night's sleep. Or maybe it's something bigger. Maybe it's something that you prayed for your marriage to be restored, or, or your children to come back to the Lord, or, or for relationships to be mended and renewed. You, you saw those things at play. When was the last time you saw God answer your prayers. Prayer is one of those things that is, is so uh, deep in us. And when we go through these big things in life, when we go through these trials in life, who are you going to talk to? Where are you going to bring your concerns? Where are you going to bring your uh, joys? Where are you going to bring your worry? Where are you going to bring your doubt? Where are you going to bring all of these things? Where are you going to go? Because the big idea for today is this. Who you talk to makes all the difference. Who you talk to makes all the difference, right? We, we want to talk to somebody when we are going through something. We want to talk to somebody who is going to make things better, right? Or they're going to make them right, or they're going to correct these things, or at least change them, right? That's why we appeal to the manager, right? I want to speak to your manager, I, or, or maybe you appeal to your boss, or you go up the chain of command, or, or maybe when mom said no, you would go to dad, or when dad said no, you would go to mom, and when they both said no, you went to grandma or grandpa, right? We, would, we appeal to a higher authority that we want, because we're like, I want to speak to this person, because when I speak to them and they hear my plight, there's going to be a change. There's going to be something different that happens. We want to talk to the person in authority, and we make this appeal because we want something to change. We want something different. We want something internally or externally to be shifted. And so we go to somebody hoping that they can make a difference. Who you talk to makes all the difference. And so why not go to the God of the universe? Why not go to the God of the universe He's the one that tells us to come to him, and he's the one that desires our prayer. And so we're going to be talking today about prayer and what it does and how it changes us, how it shapes us, and how it moves us forward. The first thing that we're going to see today is this, that prayer will strengthen our resolve. Prayer will strengthen our resolve. 
Okay? Um, in the book of Acts, it's the, it's, the, it's the story of the birth of the church. So Jesus dies, raises from the dead, goes back up into heaven. And after that, we see the birth of the church. And, and two of Jesus' disciples, Peter and John, talking about Jesus, get arrested for, for talking about Jesus and preaching the name of Jesus. They get arrested, and then they're threatened with their lives that say, you do not preach the name of Jesus anymore. And they, they threaten them, and then they send them loose. And they were supposed to go back to the early church, I suppose, with a warning. But instead, what we see is they pray. They pray. And in Acts 4, uh, 29 through 31, we see the end of their prayer, which is this. It says, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Jesus had very recently uh, commissioned them to go out and make disciples of all nations. And so they're out there, and, and, and they're, they're, they're going about doing these things. They get arrested, they get threatened, and they come back and they said, we need more boldness. This is what God has called us to do, and because God has called us to do this, we need his strength, because it doesn't lie within us. Remember, Peter's the guy who denied Jesus when he had a chance to own him, own that he knew him. John was a disciple who was near the trial but didn't speak up. And after the crucifixion, these were the ones who were locked up into a, a room by themselves, cowering in a corner. This, listen, you don't have the strength in yourself to do what God has called you to do. God supplies us with that strength. It is God who strengthens us. And they were emboldened by the resurrection of Jesus. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out and they talked to people about Jesus. And thousands of people were coming to faith. And then they immediately run into resistance. Listen, when we're on the mission of God, don't be surprised that you're going to run into resistance in this world. Jesus promises that we will have resistance in this world, that we will not be treated well in this world. Why? Because we're bringing light to a dark place, and some people really enjoy living in the darkness and embracing the darkness. And so we get this clash between light and dark, and when we're followers of Jesus, we are the light to the world. And he says, we go out and we're going to run into resistance. And so we pray. We pray for boldness. We pray for courage. That's what these disciples did. They got back together and they, they didn't cower. They didn't pray for uh, other things. They didn't pray for the situation go, to go away. They prayed for more boldness. They said, God, make us more bold. God, make us more strong. Boldness is not arrogance. They're not tooting their own horn or being about themselves. They're speaking the truth with courage. And God answers their prayer. I love that. In verse 31, it says, And the place that they were in was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they went out to speak the word of God with more boldness. God would answer their prayer. God would, God would 
fill them with the Holy Spirit, God would take the physical structure they were in and he would shake it up. That God would shake us and move us and that we would be praying these prayers as well. God, make us more bold. Make us more courageous. Make us more in love with you. Make us more in love with the mission that you've called us to. Make us more bold. God would answer their prayer and it would bring strength. It would strengthen their resolve and give him courage to endure. Prayer also, uh, while it strengthens our resolve, it also brings stability to our lives. Prayer brings stability to our lives. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says this, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. These are the words that are given to us by the Holy Spirit through a person who hated Christians and then became a Christian. He had an encounter with the living God. His name was Paul. And Paul would spread the message of Jesus to the known world. He, he is probably the greatest missionary the world has ever seen. He's written 70% of the New Testament under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He planted a, a whole bunch of churches. And what we see in this man being used by God is that not only did he see great success and great amazing things, he also saw great trial and tribulation. At the end of 2 Corinthians, he would go on and list some of the things that he had to endure for the sake of Jesus. Beaten on multiple occasions, stoned on multiple occasions, left for dead on multiple occasions, shipwrecked in hunger, being betrayed by friends, in cold, in want. He, he endured all these things. This is not a person who, who just kind of sits in his armchair and says, you should be uh, patient in tribulation. This is a person who was patient through tribulation. And he says, you want to know how we get through these things? You want to know? Do you want to know how we, we go this? We, we say we rejoice in hope. We rejoice in hope. The stability in our lives comes through a rejoice in hope. Now, in our language and in our culture, we have stripped the word hope of its meaning to the place where we get to, uh, we talk about it mainly as like a, a, a wish. Man, I really hope this person says yes, or I really hope I get that job, but there's no certainty. That's not biblical hope. What we see in the Bible when it talks about hope is the assurance, and I put all of my trust, all of my hope, um, and I have this assurance of what is going to happen. I think about it when I was, uh, a couple years ago, uh, one of the guys from church brought me and my son and, and another young man out winter camping. And we got to go camp out in the winter, and that's something I've always wanted to do. And that night, it got to 20 below zero actual temperature. It was, it was so frigidly cold. And we were, it was a clear night. It was bitterly cold. And I remember being awake in the middle of the night. And I remember thinking this thought, I am going to be so happy when the sun comes up. 
My hope was in the sun. I knew that the sun was going to rise. I knew that the sky was going to get brighter and that the ground was going to get warmer and that we were going to make it through this time. It was my, my hope was in the sun in that moment. That, that there's this assurance that the dawn is going to come. I was able to endure patiently. Why? Because I was rejoicing in hope. I remember thinking about what it was going to feel like and, and how I was going to, you know, how everything was going to look a lot better when, the, when it was bright out, all those kinds of things. My, I was able to endure a difficult night. I was able to endure it and actually enjoy it. Yes, I was cold. Yes, we were all cold. But at the same time, we knew that this was not going to last forever. And this was a, an experience that we were going to go through. And yes, it was trying. But when we rejoice in hope, we understand that, that things are not going to last forever. That our pain and our trial. Listen, you're going through trial right now. I'm going through trial right now. We're all experiencing some kind of trial right now. We have COVID, we have cancer, we have broken relationships, we have difficulties at work, we have a number of different things. You are going through difficult things. Why? Because life is hard. But it's not going to last forever. That one day Jesus will make all things right. That's why we can rejoice because our hope is in Jesus that this is not all there is. And we can be patient during this time because God is at work and we can trust him and we can be patient in these moments. But it also says to be constant in prayer. How are we gonna rejoice and help? How are we gonna be patient in our tribulation? We're gonna be constant in prayer. We're going to get through this by being close to Jesus. We're going to talk with Jesus. We're going to bring our concerns and our trials and our hopes and our fears and our doubts. We're going to bring them to Jesus. We're going to be constant in prayer and we're going to see how God moves. One of the things that has been happening uh, during this time is, is I've been signed up for uh, Bless Every Home for a long time and I've been praying for my neighborhood and um, and, and, but recently, in the last few weeks, I've, I've actually mapped out a route where I will walk by people's houses and I will pray for my neighborhood as I walk by because I want them to come to Jesus. And I remember walking around about a week and a half ago thinking that, like, man, I, I don't know some of these people. I haven't met these people yet. Um, Lord, would you, would you help me meet these people? But also, God, would you help me have spiritual conversations with people who I do know in my neighborhood? And, and I'm not kidding, like 30 seconds later, I'm walking down the street as I'm praying these things, God, would you give me an opportunity to have a spiritual conversation with one of my neighbors? And one of my neighbors comes out and I say hi to him. We start talking and one of his first questions is, is how's the church going? Because he knows I'm a pastor. And he says, hey, how's the church going? And we, we started talking about that and, and, and uh, you know, the reopening and how's it's going and what we're encouraged by. And, and it's good to be gathered back together for us. To, you know, it, it's, it's good. And he said, you know, like he goes, it must be really, he goes, Steve, it must be really hard for you to teach the Bible and I'm like, okay, why? <laughs> and he says, well, because so many people have heard it over and over again. He grew up with a church background. And he goes, I've heard all the things over and over again. It must be hard to make it interesting for people. 
And I said, you know, I, I can see why you would say that, but I, I'm going to tell you right now, it's actually not that hard to make it interesting because the Bible is very interesting. We just have to stop and pay attention to what it's saying. And he's like, oh, okay. And I said, no, think about this. I said, I said just the phrase this, God hears your prayers. Okay? And he goes, okay. And I go, seven billion plus people in the world approaching 8 billion people in the world. God knows you. God knows your name. God knows your desires. God knows the number of hairs on your head. God knows your thoughts. God knows everything about you. And when you speak to him, he wants to listen to you. God will take time to listen to you when you pray. I said, just God answers prayer. And he goes, that is unfathomable. I said, it's amazing, isn't it? And he said, yeah. He goes, thanks for giving me something to think on today. And I said, well, thanks for the conversation. And he had to go. But that's one of many conversations that we have had, and I'm praying that we'll have more conversations. Why? Because God wants people to talk to him. God wants people to, and we can be constant in prayer. And don't be surprised that when you start praying, God starts putting things in your place. You know, like, like when you say, I want to have spiritual conversations with my neighbors. You'll be ready because it's coming. Be constant in prayer. We can, we can rejoice in hope and we can be patient in this tribulation. Why? Because God's still working and doing things. God's still doing things. If we be constant in prayer, that's what brings stability to our lives. We don't have to freak out. And when we do freak out, we have a place to go. Because prayer also encourages our souls. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's a if no, then what? type statement. So if we shouldn't do this or can't do this or won't do this, then what do we do instead? And he says, don't just, don't be anxious. Don't let yourself get wrapped up in all this anxiety in and of itself. Bring all of that to the Lord in prayer. Don't just stew on it yourself. Bring it to the Lord. He wants to hear you. He's telling us right here, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. God wants to listen. God wants to listen to you. He wants you to pray. He's telling you to pray. And where are you going to bring your concerns? And where are you going to bring your worries? And where are you going to bring your doubts? And where are you going to bring your life? Where are you going to bring all that? You're going to bring it to the throne of anxiety? And bow down to the throne of anxiety and say, you know, please help me? And just, have, just get worked up about how bad things could possibly get? Or do you say, God, I'm anxious, I'm scared, I'm, I'm all of these things. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I feel like, a, like I'm faking it. I'm not sure what's going on. But God, I'm just going to bring all this to you. And I'm going to do so with thanksgiving. What does that mean? It means that I'm going to thank God. 
God, thank you for hearing my prayer. God, thank you for taking the time to spend with me. You didn't have to, but you did, and I want to say thank you. God, thank you for being compassionate. God, thank you for listening. God, thank you for being patient. God, thanks for taking the time. And we bring it to the Lord. Think about this. We can take all of our problems and all of our stuff and everything that we have, we can take that all to the most powerful and kind being in the universe. You might be thinking to yourself, but God doesn't want to hear my prayers. No, he does. How do you know? Because he tells us to. He tells us to pray to him. You're like, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Like, you're right, I don't. But God knows what you've done. And he still wants you to pray to him. And he's found a way to deal with all that stuff, right? Because of Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh. And he came to this earth and he lived a life that we could not live, right? And he died a death that you and I deserve. And that he rose from the dead to give eternal life to all who would put his trust in him. He lived perfectly, he died in our place, and he rose from the dead to give new life. When we put our trust in him, the death that he died is in our place. He takes all of our stuff, deals with it on the cross, and makes us new creation. And so we can enter the throne of grace with confidence that we can come to God and we can say, God, you've made me clean already. Now I get to just step into your presence and let you know what's on my heart. Let you know what's on my mind and the things that I'm thinking about. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Prayer does things. It, it, it gives us resolve. It strengthens our resolve. It, it brings stability to our lives and it encourages our souls because we can go to God who can make the difference, right? Because who you talk to makes all the difference. Who you talk to makes all the difference. Are you facing opposition right now in your life? Talk to God the Father. Are you, are you in tribulation, in trial? Are you being tossed about by life? Go to God the Father. Are you anxious? Go to God the Father. He'll direct you. He'll stabilize you. He'll encourage you. So you can move forward, regardless of the circumstances, you can move forward because of what God is doing in and through you. And the miraculous signs and wonders that the apostles were talking about in Acts 4, let God do what God does out here. Bring it to him and let God do what God does. God will answer and do what he wants in his time, which will bring about the greatest glory for himself, and the most good for us. But be constant in prayer. This is something that we will labor for, but this is something that is so worth it. Because who you talk to makes all the difference. Let's pray.
God, we have just talked about prayer. And now we're going to do it. And so, a couple of things, God, that we want to say. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for listening to us. And God, we bring all of our anxieties to you today. All the stuff that we've been worried about with reopening of schools, to going back to work, to trying to figure things out, to uh, our job situation, to our family situation, to uh, what's going on in our life. God, we bring that all to you. All that anxiety we're just going to bring to you. and We're going to cast it upon you. Thank you for hearing us. And God, we are, we're in a time and a place where we feel pressed by being a follower of Jesus, that it is not a popular thing in this time. But God, please make us more bold. Make us bold. Consider their threats and give us boldness to continue to preach the good news of Jesus to others that they can hear about. The good news, Jesus lived a life we could not live, died the death that we deserve rose from the dead to give new life to all who believe in him. God, we love you. We thank you. Please give us spiritual conversations today that each and every one of us listening to this message, whether online or in person, God, that you would give each of us a spiritual conversation to have today and that we would have the courage to step into it. We love you, Lord, and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.